0: Hey there, everyone. It's Tom. Welcome to the Being Church podcast. Just wanted to let you know that we recorded these episodes a while ago, like January, way before Lent, way before the world changed. And so uh, I want you to know that your parish staff and your priests and your deacons and everyone who's working at St. Louis is working overtime to try and make sure that we're still providing pastoral and spiritual support to our parishioners. We love you guys very much. Please uh, know that we're here for you. Let us know if we can help you in any way. And please pray for us as we work and know that we are praying for you together. We can get through this. We can be water in the desert for one another. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Being Church Podcast. I just jumped right in. Yeah. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm Elisa. And I'm Father Matthew. And this is the fourth, fourth installment of our Lenten podcast series. Today, we're going to talk about the resurrection in Lent.
1: <laughs> in Lent. What's wrong right. with
2: Right. And so can we talk about why we decided to do that? Because I think that's really, really awesome.
1: So this has been my thing. Uh, and I think we mentioned this even kind of from the beginning. You know, Advent is about getting ready for Christmas, And Lent is about getting ready for Easter, but we often present Lent as if it's its own special thing, that it's about itself, you know? It's about fish fries, and it's about stations of the cross, and it's about... are good. I I mean, Knights of Columbus, (laughs) man, hands down, best in town, right? Yes. But but, but we lose that Mm -hmm. if we, you know, well, you know, Lent has to be about the suffering of Jesus, but... Uh, once we get to, you know, and we can only talk about Easter once we get to Easter season. or I, I, You know, no, this is getting us ready for it. Yeah.
0: And that's why we're talking about all these Holy Week stories uh, leading up to Holy Week so that we can all be better prepared to engage with the Holy Week narrative. So uh, so let's just jump right yeah. in. Uh, as always, we're using, as always, <laughs> as is our custom, we're using Pope Benedict as our guide for this Holy Week story. And Father, you were saying this chapter on the resurrection is some of his finest writings in this book.
1: I have everything that we've been studying yes. through this Jesus of Nazareth series. Uh this was my favorite. I was underlining and starring and yes. everything on my notes <laughs> uh on eyes. this. And these this chapter here on the resurrection and then his epilogue on the on the ascension. I just yeah. it it really got to this like mystical place where he was, you know, exploring and explaining, you know, this this vision of the resurrection and how that points us towards our ultimate destiny, but not is like this like untouchable future thing, but this thing that's like already broken in and like affecting us already. And just, it's, ah, it's, it's marvelous.
2: Yeah, it, it is. is. And you know what? It was surprising to have a like a Pope talk in these terms, you know, in like, in these, yeah. in realms. And it just, it was really fascinating, the whole thing.
0: When you, when you sit back and someone like, authoritative like this admits that like yeah it's really beautiful and it's mysterious it it does you're exactly right Elise. you're like wow even stodgy old benedict yeah is, is amazed by this <laughs>
2: right and because <laughs> he's, because he's so smart spell. and a lot of the book is so smart and you know right. he cross references and there's like all these people that he points to but like that that you can sense even his awe yeah in these last chapters it's uh it's it's really it's really beautiful
0: let's jump in he hits you right over the head right in the beginning oh yeah (laughs) i
1: love love the way this starts you know corinthians chapter 15 right which is this like i I don't think we pay enough attention to this this is such an important chapter yeah uh you know but it the the presentation is simply this you know here's his first words from his chapter on the resurrection quoting saint paul if christ has not been raised from the dead then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain Boom! If this
0: thing isn't real,
1: what are we? What I I wrote? What are we even doing right. here?
0: Exactly. What are we spending?
1: Our yeah, time we might as doing? well just like close up and yeah. and be done and go do something else. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, he he builds on this, and I I'm going to quote from him a little bit more. Again, there was a lot that really came out from this, but yeah, he says that if this the resurrection were taken away, it would still be possible to piece together from Christian tradition a series of interesting ideas about God and men <laughs> about men's being and his obligations, a kind of religious worldview, but the Christian faith itself would be dead.
2: That's how important resurrection is.
1: Okay. Well, and it's a description of what we're, I think at any moment capable of falling into where, where Christianity or religion becomes a series of interesting ideas and obligations but if we're not in touch with and transformed by and and constantly being renewed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ then christianity is dead yeah and it can become dead within us right uh, unless we're we're constantly being you know renewed by the risen one and on that next page he says
0: like the arbiter of everything if we don't believe in the resurrection. It's
1: ourselves. Like we are the measurement of right, if it's judgment. Just a, if right. it's just a bunch of interesting ideas, then who says what ones are interesting? Right. Exactly. Us. We do.
0: Right. And then we're our own gods. I, when I read that, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. do I do this?
2: <laughs> right. Right. You know,
0: I mean, I think, uh, I think it's easy to fall into the t- temptation of not considering the resurrection.
1: Right. It just becomes a set of, you know, obligations, rules, interesting ideas, you know, that you, that you, that you follow through. And so that's why. I, so, so in this, we, we have a number of the narrative accounts of people meeting, uh, meeting the risen Jesus. And it's filled with all of these sort of strange little stories, almost contradictory stories where they, they, they give us these um odd, odd kind of visions of Jesus. But Each one of them points towards a way in which I think it's not the same, but somehow we need to be able to get ourselves into these stories to acclimatize ourselves to the idea that Jesus is the risen one. Right. And and he is alive, not merely he was alive. Right. Yeah. He is with us now. And what does that look like? Right. Exactly. If we can get our heads wrapped around these narratives, at least it'll help us. To get that, you know, I find that, I I find that that's a struggle for me, right? To go through the, to make that transition from Jesus was someone and he was someone important and he accomplished these things to being, he is, and this is not just something in my imagination, right? Like this is something that I need, that I struggle with to try to be able to say, am I at that place where I'm encountering the reality of the living one? Well, that's, sorry. He
2: uses that language a lot. The, the. Um, the fact that it was and that it is, and he says it in so many different ways, right off the bat, he talks about definitive otherness, um, amidst current, the current world, right? It's something different, but it also is something that's here now. And that struck me through the entirety of it is, is calling us into what was and what is the Mm -hmm. power and the beauty and the, and the mystery that is both of those things.
0: Yeah, this uh instance of the resurrection is evidence that heaven is here, right? Like heaven is already.
1: Right, but we're yeah. not there yet. Right, but it's breaking in. The kingdom of but God breaking in. is at hand. Yes. It's within you. It's it's there. Like even if it's not fully realized yet. Right. Right. And somehow this renewal, oh, well, anyway, that's there's more that that's <laughs> yeah. that's breaking into wait, a whole other topic. Wait, wait. That's why this is a mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that like Oh,
0: well, you know, we'll get all the pieces and we'll figure it out one day. No, it's something to be contemplated and to constantly
1: be thought about. Yeah. It's not something that you can simply break down into sort of a logical proposition. It's something you have to experience. Which is great. Because if we could logically comprehend God. That'd well, be a very small God. It right. Would be, <laughs> it would be
0: Christianity. silly. It would be very silly.
1: So let's talk about some of these narrative yes. accounts. Yes. Um Because there's. Uh, a number of them mm-hmm. that, that show up, you know, Jesus meets with the, uh, the apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the one that we're most familiar with because that's the one that usually shows up in a lot of the gospel accounts. Although, to be, uh, to be clear about this, the apostles are not the first ones. In fact, in some accounts, they might be like some of the last, the last ones, ones on the list <laughs> that actually yeah. get it. Cause, uh, um, Elizabeth, you were noticing about the, uh, the commentary about, uh, uh, who were the the first ones that were on there.
2: Right. On the narrative side of all yeah, this? Yeah. yeah, the women. Yeah. Right? There's a whole bunch of women in the narratives. I loved it. Tom was like, How did you like the part about the women, Elisa? And I was like, it was my favorite part of <laughs> everything. Because he makes a point to say that a lot of I'll find the quote because it's so good. You guys mm-hmm. just talk yeah. amongst yourselves and I will find this quote where okay. he just, where he just talks about the women opening the door well, for a was, lot of us.
1: Yeah, but this was what I, and, and I've preached about this when I get to Easter sometimes mm-hmm. too, Ooh, is this idea that, huh? Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Foreshadowing. Yes. What do you do it this year. <laughs> uh, you know, this, this idea that, and, and this is my, my own encounter in, um, you know, in working in, in church life, right? Is that there are people who have this encounter of the risen the living the present Jesus right and you know sadly to say like sometimes you know for you know me and priests and those who are like professional religious people yeah. we're actually sort of on the end of the list like yeah. we get to Resurrection Sunday and we're like oh my gosh I'm so exhausted from doing yes. all this liturgy I, yeah and then there are these people who are are coming in and they're just you know, they're they're enraptured they're they're you know tears of joy that are coming off in their faith and it's and it's you know what we call oh the laity right you know oh you know the sort of the common people and you know more often than not it's you know it's it's you know it's the it's the moms and it's the it's the you know the people who just day in day out live this real heartfelt sense of the presence of god that's close to them
0: yeah Benedict gives a lot of dignity to women in that. Did you find that quote? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's pretty He says,
2: cool. the church's juridical structure is founded on Peter and the 11. But in the day-to-day life of the church, it is the women who are constantly opening the door to the Lord and accompanying him to the cross. And so it is they who come to experience the risen one.
0: And that's not like a consolation prize.
2: Oh, no, no, no.
0: Like Benedict <laughs> is saying, women help the lay people experience Christ. They bring the message of the resurrection to, well, the
1: 12. Right. <laughs> yes, right. exactly. They, they tell the, the apostles of the what's, what's up. up. Right. Yes. Yes. They yeah. tell the apostles what's up. And I, and I yeah, I, I, I believe that. And I think, you know, maybe just to go on a little bit of a, a, a kind of a tangent here. I, I've noticed that there can be something of a different kind of male and female spirituality and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've found that there are certain things that, uh, I can understand, you know, as a as a man, but I but I can understand it better through the lens of a kind of feminine spirituality, mm. um, and that that I've come to treasure that, right? That that's something that that you know, and that again, that's evident here in in a lot of these narratives. Right. That it's because because remember the stories. It's like the apostles are all hiding. You know, up in the upper room and the women go out to go do the burial rites. And so that's why they're the first ones there. Mary Magdalene is the one who's there at the at the tomb and she's weeping when she the body is not there because she's I mean she's already traumatized and she just wants to do this one final act of charity. Again, it's it's this impetus towards practical love that makes them be the first ones on the scene you know,
2: I think he even talks about the foot of the cross being women, except for the beloved. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so these, these women, they are doing the, it's kind of like the hard work, the excruciating painful work of discipleship, which is showing up.
0: Yeah. I I thought that was really cool that he he gave, yeah, the feminine spirituality a Mm -hmm. place of honor in this whole resurrection account. And something I was struck by before we dive into the narratives was like, uh, he mentioned that in all of these narratives, we see that, uh, Resurrection leads to mission. Like when people encounter the risen Christ, Mm -hmm. they, whether it's given to them explicitly or whether they take it on implicitly, they begin to evangelize, right? Mm -hmm. They run to people and they say, he's alive. Right. And everything's changed. Uh, that was really interesting. And we, we said, uh, last week, I think, or two weeks ago in the washing of the feet, um, when you have this encounter with Christ, you're changed. Right? Mm-hmm. but an encounter with the resurrected christ oh, yeah. is an inspiring right. change you're you're filled with the spirit mm-hmm. and you're sent um and so i think that's that's also a common thread through a lot of these through a lot of these narratives,
1: narratives yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know the other uh uh piece to this uh you know this isn't just sort of like the happily ever after that gets tacked on to the end of the story. Like, well, Jesus lived his life. And then he had this bad situation that happened. And then like, then, but it's okay. He kind of, you know, uh, rose, you know, rose from the dead on the third day, almost like, you know, you know, your sort of sleeping beauty story where it's like, (laughs) you know, she has this like bad stuff that happens, but then the Prince charming wakes her up and then they go off and then they, you know, they have their happily ever after as if this was just like the end of the story where you can feel like kind of feel good about the end of the story. Uh, that's not at all what's going on here. You know, this is not the, it's not the end, it's the beginning, right? (laughs) It's so cliche, but like, that's what this is, is. that's what this is pointing towards. This is saying like, hey guys, no, this was all uh, like what we had. How do you want to say this? If you look through the scriptures, there's this ongoing story of God working with his people, right? And there is this almost sense that like, well, when the Messiah comes, then it'll be the end. Right, like, right. That'll, that'll that'll put an exclamation point on the end of the story, and there'll be this happy ending, and then happily ever after, or something like that. Like, that's a way of trying to read the, the big story of God's plan. But in fact, what ends up happening is saying, you know, when we get to the resurrection of Jesus, it's not, and this is the conclusion of the story, and they lived happily ever after. Uh, what it says is, everything else has been prelude, welcome to the real story.
0: Right. Now the work begins
1: now, now the drama, now the real transformation, now the kingdom of God is at hand. Hmm. Well, should we dive into some of these different narratives? Yeah. Specifically, yeah. or do you want to hit a couple more? No, I think that, this is, these are a number of the broad points, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. let's, let's get into some of the, the, the nitty gritty we'll details. I'll
0: take the lead. I like, <laughs> I really like this, uh, encounter on the road to Emmaus. Uh, if you guys are really Luke 24, really cool. Luke 24, it's awesome. And it, uh, it also inspires a lot of the work and thought that I put into like accompaniment and evangelization because like there so many things have like deep implications. Yeah. About.
1: Cause we could go through a number of the narratives, but this one is actually, it's the longest, most complete yeah. and it hits all of the points that the other ones do, mm-hmm. but in an almost like more complete way. So yeah, I really, I, 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 I that's what I wanted us to look at was at Luke 24 as well. Yeah. So I'll roll through it and then, yeah, give pull us out. the story. Tell, Tom, tell yeah, us a story. Pull
0: out, about, uh, pull out the points. As I, about as the I road think. to Emmaus. So, uh, Okay, so in Luke 24, I reread this story the other night. And for as many times as I've read this story, this is scripture. You always learn something new. Mm-hmm. I teased you a couple weeks ago for learning something new. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed that I didn't know this. But here it is. There are these two disciples. And they're walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, which is a town about seven and a half miles uh, west of Jerusalem. And it's the same day. It's Easter Sunday. It's mm-hmm. the Sunday of that week. I never knew it was the same day as the resurrection. I don't know when it, it happened in my mind, but the, the story starts out and it says, on that same day. Oh. So, it's Sunday. So, it's the day of the resurrection, right? So, these two, these two apostles are or people are walking down this road and they're debating, right? They're going back and forth and they see this
1: person. Well, can, can we can yes, we pause stop, before please. we go to to the thing? Who are these two? Well, Scripture That's, says two of them. Right, two of them. <laughs> and <laughs> so there's so a. Clear. I, 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 and I, so will, clear. This is this is setting myself up for my own thing, right? So um, what <laughs> they do describe that one here. of them is uh, is Cleophas, right? right? Who we're all like, oh yeah, Cleophas. Who's Cleophas, right? Um, not really described in detail throughout the scriptures, though we do get the description that. One of the women who was at the foot of the cross was the wife of Cleophas. Oh, so therefore, if we're to describe this as two disciples, one of them is Cleophas. the other one is the one accompanying Cleophas. Mm-hmm. and they're on their way out of Jerusalem, and they're as they're leaving, they're downcast, they're distraught, uh, they're they're kind of traumatized by what's been going on. Right? That's the description of them as they, yeah, especially they they're leaving Jerusalem. The foot of the cross, right? Yeah. It's probably a married couple Why? who were disciples of Jesus. And at this point, they've been so traumatized. Mm-hmm. They were following Jesus. They were like, ah, oh, he's going to be the Messiah. And then, then the crucifixion happened. They're like, well, like, yes. nobody at the time thought that that was anything except for, like, this is the worst possible outcome. Like, right. like it's over. Right. Because they thought that was the end. Yeah. I
2: can't imagine being gutted. Like you're following yeah. this guy. There's miracles. You love him. And now that I know that they, that these followers were not part of that group that was chanting crucify, you know, like they loved him till the, like the end. And then to know that he just died that her, like,
1: right. It, and, and it was, it was his enemies working together to destroy him. So they're right. like, well, I guess evil won. Yeah. Like the how, bad guys won. How, uh,
0: disheartening yeah like yeah anyway so this married couple is walking <laughs> down the road maybe. probably probably maybe a good guess is walking uh, down the road and they're talking about these things they're sad they're angry they're debating whatever and they encounter this man and uh, he says what are you talking about as you walk along the way
2: <laughs> and they're like fool and they're like you <laughs> They're like, listen,
0: man. First of all, so I'm reading this. I'm like, a stranger butts into my personal, private conversation. I would already be like, probably also a conversation that's like with tears. Yeah. Yes, right? right. Like, I
1: mean, this has been a maybe he's traumatic, just a concerned bystander. But but right,
0: exactly. Like, it's a very emotional conversation. He says, "What's what are you talking about?" And they're like, "Dude, have you not heard what happened to this guy, Jesus, in Jerusalem?" Are you
1: the only person in yeah, Jerusalem exactly. who hasn't heard about so this? So obviously
0: this story is running like wildfire, yeah. right? That this yeah. this man who was the Messiah, self-professed Messiah, followers has been killed and it's just like the gossip of the town of the city. And uh they're like are you the only one? And how does he reply to them? You fools. <laughs>
1: Well, no, actually, he doesn't get to that point yet. Oh, I skipped. It's a little bit. You skipped a little bit. No, because uh, I, well, I love this little interaction. His his response to that was, "Well, what things?" That's he, right.
0: He, he's, that's right. He, that's he right.
1: you know, he does get to the point where he twists it around on them. Yes, but first of all, he's like he's just, "Well, what are you talking about?" Which is so weird because we know it's Jesus. We know we it's know Jesus. that it's right. Jesus, and he doesn't like immediately confront them. But what he does is he's like, "Well, what are the things they talking about? Tell right. me about your sorrows." Mm-hmm. Tell me about what it is that's concerning you. Tell me about what it is that has so disheartened you. It's also uh, this is the this is and, and that this should be something that we should notice about the risen Jesus. That when we encounter the risen Jesus, if we encounter in prayer, you know, a a, a Jesus who just walks in and is just like all authority, just like hey, get your act together, you know, such as if we no. Somehow when we're encountering the risen Jesus, the risen Jesus should be the one who's willing to say, what, what is it that's on your heart? What is it that's disheartening you? Hmm. What is it that is your despair? What are even your questions about God's plan? I, I will listen.
0: It's so interesting because he did that in his earthly ministry too, right? Who do you say that I am?
1: Um, Maybe yeah, he's also even yeah, waiting yeah. for a
0: sort of confession from them, right? Because they say like this: Jesus was supposedly
1: the Messiah,
0: right? Like we thought he was the guy; we thought he was the real deal. How that's interesting, Father Matthew.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I like that that connection with the who do you say that I am? Hmm. Right, like he's he's almost daring them, yeah, to to make that step for themselves. It's not merely this sort of authoritarian stance. Hey. What are you doing? You're walking the wrong direction. Get right. back up to Jerusalem. Right, exactly. You know, it's not that sort of experience. The experience of the risen Jesus is one who's, who's, willing to walk with them, mm-hmm. to provoke from them, a a response of faith to to ask the questions, even even ask like yeah. like dumb leading questions, like, well, what are you talking about? I don't right. know. Like- Jesus is
0: playing dumb. The risen Jesus <laughs> is playing dumb.
2: Coy. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, another instance of how he stoops down to us, how he, he lets us get there. Like he helps us get mm-hmm. there ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, he was always about encounter. Yeah. You know, like when he, when he, he rode on the sand, when he was, you know, he just, it, he just was always approaching and approachable. Both of both of those things.
1: He would, he would go and he'd have dinner with tax collectors and prostitutes, you right. know, these, yeah. these sort of, you know, uh, you know, the, the. Obvious sort of like sinners, right? Yeah. And he would go and have dinner with them to have that encounter. What an image for how we should do ministry! But that's a total, separate,
0: <laughs> total separate podcast, right? So he asks them, right, and they give the response, and uh, at some point he says, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> in no, in no uncertain terms, he said, uh, "You fools, do you not know what is written?" And then scripture says that as they continued to walk to, toward Emmaus, he explains the scriptures to them, beginning with the prophets uh, all the way through uh, salvation history. And this is another important uh, takeaway of like what the resurrection does for us. It gives meaning mm-hmm. to all mm-hmm. the scriptures. Mm-hmm. right? And not only does it give meaning to the Christian life, it gives meaning to the Torah, the prophets, the, whole the rise and fall of kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Right. Like
1: all that. Drama b s makes sense now in, in in light of this, and see, this is what I find so for a while when I read this passage, mm-hmm. uh, this almost bugged me because <laughs> it was like, and then Jesus explained all of this, and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> Jesus gave a Bible study, and you didn't take notes <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> they were caught unawares. yeah. Like, you didn't take notes. You know, it says that their hearts were burning within them. They were yeah. they were inflamed by this yeah. description of the Old Testament mm-hmm. of how this is God's plan and how it came to fulfillment through. And I was like, come on, guys. You didn't take the time to explain what this was going on. It took me a while to realize, but then eventually it clicked in my mind. I said, wait, that's exactly what Luke has been doing hmm. this entire time. Oh.
0: Because his whole gospel contains like Old Testament references, Boom. all the fulfillment. Yeah,
1: huh? Yeah, no. The entire gospel has been hmm. Saint Luke showing us how Jesus is the fulfillment oh, of that's right. everything that's been going on. Right? It's it's already implied and everything. He doesn't need to repeat it again because he's already been spending the last 23 chapters telling us precisely wow.
0: all of these things. It's at that point in Luke's gospel, you're like, well, I need to start over.
2: I need to read with a new
0: vision. That's very interesting. Yeah. Luke's already done that for us.
2: Huh. Also, I can imagine that if it's Jesus almost preaching, you know, Telling Mm -hmm. this, Mm -hmm. it's like whenever I'm in the middle of a really good homily, you're almost like suspended in like, you're almost in that moment. Like of like, yes, like I, this is, this means something to me. You are like reaching in and like, you are,
0: you're like, I want to write this down, but I don't want to miss. Yeah.
2: I'm not going to miss any of this. I'm like laser. (laughs) I can't imagine them being laser focused because I can't, I can't imagine really (laughs) him unpacking what it, what would it look like? Right. For him to unpack,
1: you know, like I, yeah. So I, I get together with different preachers at yeah. different times, you know, Catholic, non-Catholic, we'd get together, we'd talk about our, our homilies and, you know, ideas for preaching. Uh, there was a little group that I was with for a while. And there was this old Presbyterian preacher, and he would hear us, and we would be sitting around the table like comparing notes, and, well, how do you get your exegesis off from this, and what's your t- theme going to be, and how are you going to tie in this idea? And every once in a while, he would just sort of lean back, and everyone would pay attention to him, because he was kind of the senior member of the group, and he would lean back and he would say this, so what's the good news? Like, you have all these ideas of what you're going to talk about in your homily, right? He says, but what's the good news? as jesus was talking to the disciples it says their hearts became inflamed they, they it was like it was like a a nice fireplace mm-hmm. right where you could get up and get close and warm to it mm-hmm. there was something uh, enlightening and warming about the experience of it um, or or if you want to take the the image another way this inflamed it's it's the pentecost right it's yeah. the flame of the holy spirit that comes in they just start spreading and, and, you, and you can't really even control it it's right. it's just it's 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 within you and you're just like you got to do something about this and like again when we're trying to say do i experience the risen one jesus in the resurrection right and do I do I experience that or, or is my experience of Christianity just a dead set of like ideas and interesting notions, right? Rules and right, right. So here's the question. What's the good news? Is there something that when I'm reading the scriptures or when I'm praying or when I'm going to mass or when I'm doing, is there something about this that is that is warming hmm. and inviting and enlightening? Or is it something that is just kind of this sterile experience of you know, just yeah. words on a page, just checking off boxes, I just gotta get this done, or something like that. Again, if if we're encountering the risen Christ, not 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 every experience is gonna be this warm, fluffy feeling. Like right. I get that, right? right? But there should be something enlivening about it. And if not, then maybe the resurrection isn't something that's a reality. Right. It's not Jesus is alive. He was alive, and there's these interesting ideas. But it should warm our hearts.
0: Well, in this situation, I think what's what's giving them such consolation is the fact that, well, it wasn't for nothing.
1: Yes. Right?
0: He's talking about all these fulfillments. Suddenly, the bad stuff makes sense, right? It's all being fulfilled, or it's starting to make sense, right? Um, yeah. that
1: there's That we can face the tragedies and the what appears to be the bad guys winning right and it's like that it's like that's all the time right all like right. the, the bad guys are winning all right time. and yet somehow god is going to be able to bring glory out of that and they couldn't see that but they're starting right he's it's, just it, cracking
0: the lid it's, just a little right.
1: bit and it, and, it, and it gives such hope mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so hopeful that it like It takes them all the way to Emmaus, right? They're locked in with this guy all the way to this city. And when they get there, they're like, uh, can you stay with us? (laughs) We're going to take a break here. Like, can you, can you hang out? he's like, no, no, I'm going to go on further. And they're like, no, let's have a meal together. Like, let's eat together. Obviously that
1: that he's understood the meaning of the scriptures, right? That there's this immediate desire for community. Yeah. They recognize fellowship learned. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Right. And and you know the other thing about this this is just wonderful this idea that Jesus comes as this stranger. Yeah. He comes as this person that you don't even like you know that that somebody who you know you wouldn't have otherwise paid any attention to but all of a sudden this becomes the manifestation of the of Jesus alive, right? All the wisdom He, he comes, he comes in as this stranger who's able to, and, and what do they do? They welcome the stranger, right? You know, which of course is this other biblical idea of right, right. You welcome the stranger, you care, you give hospitality for those who do not have, you know, food and, you know, you care for those who are in need and in doing so, whatever you did for the least of my brethren, you did it for me. Right. Right. And so there's this illusion of this idea of sort of this stranger and Jesus himself, who who both come together hmm. here on this road to Emmaus very
0: interesting i mean it, it's also like they haven't recognized him right that's also a key point of the resurrection no one knows what resurrected jesus looks like right. and
1: so he appears as a stranger as uh-huh. a gardener as a spirit right you know and this is a uh, um yeah just a random guy on the random shore dude. saying you know you know <laughs> you know come what have, have you call- come have breakfast right <laughs> yeah it's strange yeah characters. it's yeah and this is one thing that he that benedict points out and i think is is worthwhile to again to recognize that you know when you get to these gospel accounts uh, one of the ways that you can almost feel the authenticity of these gospel accounts is that they're not so cleverly crafted that they seem like this irrefutable. Oh, well they immediately knew that it was Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's this strange sense that like, it's such a, it's such a strange story. Like nobody would come up with a story like exactly. this. Well, and yeah. that's what you were saying earlier, Lisa.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I was, I actually came in and asked you, I said, you know, I read a line in here and it really bothered me because am I reading this right? Like Papa Benny says that, uh, the, the resurrection stories, is actually not told in any of the Gospels. And I was like, wait, is that?
1: Yeah, the moment of the resurrection is never described.
2: And so I was like, how do we know it? Wait, what? See, when
1: we read scripture, we're like,
0: wait a second. I thought that was in there. Yeah,
2: that's exactly (laughs) right. I thought that was in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, how do do we then know Mm -hmm. that it happened if they didn't actually say it? And you were like, well, nobody was... Nobody was there.
1: Right. Yeah. Nobody was there when it happened. So right. we don't have a sort of a narrative description of it. What we have is these stories of people who met Jesus. And there's this, like, again, if, if you were just coming up with a story, mm-hmm. you know, that to, to prove, prove, right? right? You know, after the fact that Jesus had risen, because, you know, there's this, like, conspiracy among the apostles to, like, p- you know, make up this new religion that, you right. know, that Jesus had risen from the dead. But in fact, they'd hidden the body, right? like. Right because that was the stories that were going around at the time like who would come up with a story like this
2: right you would do a much better job you you,
1: you would you would say that jesus appeared in glory or that or that they could understand or that like like they wouldn't come up with such an ambiguous story right yeah um and this is again the 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 apostles who had been with jesus at first they don't recognize him but then they become absolutely convinced Mm -hmm. that that no this is exactly so there's this reality of the resurrection where it's it's real and it's alive and yet it's in some some form some dimension that doesn't immediately make sense to us right which is going back
0: to what pope benedict said at the beginning of this chapter he's like it's essential for our faith but we don't understand it totally yeah even the apostles who were there right who beheld the risen
1: jesus in person In flesh. Yeah. They didn't get it. Did you? Because I don't think we did this little passage here. Um, Yeah, because as you mentioned it, and I I remember highlighting this one, um, that Pope Benedict says, anyone approaching the resurrection accounts in the belief that he knows what rising from the dead means will inevitably misunderstand these accounts and will then dismiss them as meaningless. Pope Benedict is basically saying, if you think you know what the resurrection means, if you think you've already got it figured out, and that there's no ambiguity in your mind about like what the resurrection means you've already know the full implications of the resurrection then you're wrong and you're misunderstanding <laughs> hey, yeah. you're inevitably wrong. going to misunderstand right. uh the the scriptures right. that the 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 apostles themselves and these disciples who were there at the cross right they didn't understand who are we to say that we would immediately understand right or that we do immediately understand when jesus does come to us in the stranger in the words that inflame us and in the well the one dot dot dot, the the one next step on the emmaus story yeah
0: we're getting far away from this but i as you're talking it's like we're such enlightened we think we're such enlightened people that we have to have all the answers and when we don't in in Matters of faith, it's okay. Because they're not to be totally understood right away. Anyway. Especially so,
2: what, you know, if a Pope is telling you it gives you permission to not understand right away, like, it's
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, the most fruitful. Jesus gives you permission. Yeah, yeah. To understand. Like, like, there's there's something, some of the most fruitful moments of, like, real intellectual and impersonal conversion for me that have happened have been the moments when I've looked at this and said, hey, like, how do I know that Jesus is risen from the dead? And how would I be able to explain or defend that right. except for just saying, well, I do? Right. And, and like, that's a. That is not a, a question to ask for Don't the weak of me, heart. Right. <laughs>
2: <Why>? No, I <laughs> but know. But
1: like, the most fruitful kind of transformations have happened to me when I've really, like, honestly engaged that mm-hmm. question and been like, what does that even mean that I say that he's alive? And, and I, and I, and I resonate with this passage from Benedict because, uh, I, I find myself in the same situation where, yeah, there's this, in, there's this encounter with the risen Jesus and it's transformed. Mm-hmm. It transformed them. It's transformed me. Yet at the same time, I don't feel like I can give just like one simple explanation and say, yeah, that's exactly what's going on here as if it were that simple yeah yeah
0: i think that's a great thing to reflect on this lent too what does it mean to say christ is alive at easter
1: and because we can, it's easy
2: just to be like yeah he died and then he rose from the dead
1: right as a past tense statement
2: exactly
1: not as a present tense he is, is alive, alive. Right. right it's easy to say the past tense statement hmm.
2: So I think those are like the two fruits that I'm just going to take just from what this back and forth that you guys have had right now. The, what is the good news? Right. Like anytime, like what is the good news in this? And then how, how do I, how do I know he is alive?
0: Right. Well, we're not done yet, because the Emmaus story still goes. That's right. (laughs) It keeps going. Sorry. Okay. We've we've lost track, but it's okay. We're back. So they get to Emmaus. Well, there's
2: so (laughs) many parts to it. I know.
0: I know. But this is why it's a good story. Right. So they get to Emmaus, and they sit down to break bread. The long and short of it is, uh, they to him, before they break bread, he's a stranger. But it's in the breaking of the bread that scripture says those disciples' eyes were opened and that they knew that was Jesus sitting in front of them. And as soon as they recognized it, he disappeared from their midst. Sneaky Jesus. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but, and then, and then, Father, so, like, you're right about their hearts burning within them on the way, but they didn't realize it until they partook mm-hmm. in the meal at the table, mm-hmm. right? So the word has an impact, but it doesn't, we don't, we can't see it until we share in that meal. And what is that meal? It's the Eucharist, but it's the sacraments, this oh, physical yeah. encounter with Christ. And
1: so, because the breaking of the bread, that's this, this code word in the, in, well, yes. especially in Luke, right. both the gospel of Luke and the, and the, uh, acts of the apostles. It means that the last supper, right? Do this in remembrance of me, right? Right. So, Jesus is there with them, and they brought out the bread and the wine, and all of a sudden, Jesus is like, take and eat, take and drink. This is my body. This is my blood.
0: And they're like, whoa. Wait a second. So, when I read that, and I said this to you earlier, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it was like, it seems like they've done this before. Because if they recognized him in this meal, which is, you know, a traditional Jewish Seder meal, but like maybe plussed up a little bit. I don't know if they say, take and eat, this is my body. No, they do not. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. Like, there's something there that triggers them to recognize Christ. Yeah. Did they they, know about the Last Supper? They could have, because they they were close with the apostles. Right, right. Maybe the apostles were like, man, we had this great dinner, and he said these weird things, Mm -hmm. and then they recognize it. So anyway, as soon as they recognize, they've just had a long journey, right? It's like an eight-mile journey hike and Mm -hmm. there were no roads or maybe there were, but it probably wasn't easy. Uh, As soon as they recognize there instantly, there's an implicit mission that's instilled in them and they run back to Jerusalem. Not only has Christ walked with them away from the city where the resurrection has taken place, he encounters them away from that city and it's such a powerful encounter, and it instills such mission that they run back, and they tell the apostles what happened.
1: Let's talk about this dynamic. Okay. Let's talk about this dynamic that's going on here. That Jesus, he he meets with them, and they're, at first, they're disoriented, they're discouraged, they're disheartened they're traumatized right um and but they're but they're believers right right like uh, they're they're disciples they're disciples of jesus and you know how does this apply for us right you know how many people do you know how many people have you had conversations with who are like oh yeah i you know i used to go to church but i just kind of gave up on that yeah right discouraged
2: yeah it didn't do anything for me. Or there's
1: some disheartened. Hurt. Yeah. Or right.
0: They've, or they've been hurt and there's some right. pain or something like
1: that. Traumatized yep. possibly, you know. Um, and and so they're they're walking away mm-hmm. from the church. They're walking away from the apostles. They're walking away from Jerusalem, right? They're, they're, they're going on, on this journey where they're walking away. How many times do we talk about, well, you know, fallen away Catholics, right? Or those who are, who have left the church, right? Mm -hmm. They're on this road of Emmaus. They're on this road, walking away from the apostles and from the center, from the church, right? They're, they're on this way out there. And when Jesus meets with them, you know, he doesn't show up with like, you know, the the transfigured glory, you know, of Mount Tabor, and then they right. fall at their uh, fall on their faces, r- recognizing their the the terrible error of their ways, and then they 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 immediately repent and right. and 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 grovel their way back up to Jerusalem or something like this. And he like hits them over the head with Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And <laughs> right, that. you know, how does he do this? There's such a gentleness. Yeah, there's just such this human, uh, almost like you know parental like fatherly motherly gentleness of like just walking with you know this kid who you know these 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 two who are they're hurt Mm -hmm. they're discouraged they're traumatized at some level and and he just he walks with them
2: and it's so interesting that i mean i guess in our, in our minds, when we think about it, this is quote unquote the wrong way, right? Cause then they turn around, right? Right. And so, right. Yeah, they are so, going the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, it's fascinating and just consoling to me that Jesus doesn't stop them in their tracks, doesn't tell them, Hey, listen, you're going the wrong way. We're back over here. You need to. And I the, mean, eventually he does. Yeah. Yeah. But he actually walks with them the way in the direction that they're going and gently explains all these scriptures and and gives them kind of like a vantage point and and breaks bread with them does all these things he encounters them and walks with them initially he doesn't start with hey you're doing this wrong right and right. then right. i'm going to prove to you why you're doing it wrong and we're going to head back
1: right there's there's this way of saying he's he's giving a very great amount of dignity to the objections the fears The um, painful experiences, the scandal of the cross. Jesus recognizes that, you know, believing in the cross is not something that's going to come like super easy. And if we think that it should, we're probably wrong, right? Um, There are people who have gone through things that have have been the cross, Mm -hmm. right? And they can't see any meaning to that. No. And 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 as such, they're 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 wandering. They're on the road away from Jerusalem, right? And and here's the risen Jesus, and, and you know, and I could say we can say this about well, those people and those who are far away from the faith and and such like that. But that's our own hearts too. Yeah, yeah. that's our own hearts too. You know, the places where we've been hurt mm-hmm. by by some you know expectation. You know, you know, God, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for this thing. To happen and it seemed like you were going to be leading us in the right direction, and then all of a sudden it just didn't happen that way, it whatever. just didn't, you know. It was, you know, and there's just this terrible weight, you know. God, why would you, why would you, you know? Uh, you know I'm, I'm thinking right now of, of you know, some uh, stories that I know of, of, you know, women who've had miscarriages, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, God, why would you give me this child and then take it away? And there's just this, just this pain and hurt that's going on there. And you could come up with a million other things, you know, the doubts that come up, right. Mm -hmm. That we, we look at it and we say, well, you know, this is Jesus in the Eucharist. And then we look at it and we say, I just see bread or Lord, your
0: church. What? Oh
1: my gosh. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Like once a week. Yeah. You know, Um, all of that. And that, and that Jesus is like, and so we're wandering and we're hurt and we're like, I can't, I just can't do this right now. I can't be up in Jerusalem right now. Like I don't even know how to do that. And Jesus is there like, this is the experience of the risen one mm-hmm. that he's there listening to us, hearing us out. And then, but then there's the turnaround, right? It speaks a word of, 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 of warmth to us. Um, and then they're at the, uh, when they, when they encounter with Jesus at the breaking of the bread, um, it, it's this transformation that goes from having received the mercy of, the revelation, the experience of wisdom, the the transformative love of Jesus uh, in this moment, all of a sudden they're able to do something that they probably would not have expected that they would have done or could have done. Like, we're going to race all the way back to Jerusalem after we've already done an eight-mile trek, you know, in one direction. We're going to race all the way back. Nobody would have, like, they did not start off the day thinking that that was
0: how (laughs) their plan was going
1: to go, right?
0: They had to have walked a little bit. I
1: mean, it's
2: hard to
0: run eight miles
1: straight.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, they just saw Jesus. Like Jesus, and
1: maybe the, Yeah, maybe know, they were given special So, but the you know that that mission, that that desire for spreading the good news, mm-hmm. right? Um, that it's it's something that that comes from this transformative experience yeah. of of meeting Jesus who is alive.
0: There's so much in just this resurrection account, and there's I mean you could go to any of the other accounts and there's more yes. implications and more insights to glean from oh, those. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, um, I think it would be a great thing to do. Uh, this is coming out on a Friday. Yeah. So over the next week in anticipation for the next episode to read those resurrection
1: accounts. Yeah. And it's okay. You can, you can talk about the resurrection in during life. I was just
0: going to say yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. okay to do that during life. Because Your pastor gives you approval.
2: As <laughs> much as I love the road to Emmaus, my favorite Story is the one where he is by the sea and he prepares breakfast.
0: You like breakfast. breakfast I, well, Jesus. I love
2: breakfast. I love, <laughs> I love breakfast Jesus. Um, so yeah, I would recommend anybody John spending 20. some time yeah. uh-huh. with the, with these stories because just like we just, we thought we had this like ambitious idea that we were going to talk about all the narratives. And, and as it turns out, like when, when we encounter the risen Lord, mm-hmm. like there is so much to take from eating There was so much to take from each piece of this one encounter. And even if you
0: look at their conversations, like the words they say, how they say them, they say things like the third day and all all this stuff has meaning. All of it has implications Mm -hmm. for how to live life in this, in this, it's not even post resurrection as we're living with resurrected Christ. Yeah. Like in this time of the resurrected Jesus, because it's, Present tense. Present, right. tense. Present, present tense. Present tense. I have to break myself with that. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. He rose from the dead. Yeah, he's still risen. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the that, that, what's well, the old sort of translation. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Yes. Christ will come again. That yes. there's this present reality of the resurrection that we're supposed to be living as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, yeah, so may, maybe just one final like uh, um, thought on this. Yeah, again, you know, Visit the resurrection. Of course, we'll have the entire Easter season in a couple of weeks. Once yes. we get to the resurrection, to to continue to reflect and say, "Am I experiencing? Am I am I encountering with Jesus who is alive?" But maybe just one final note on this business of the of the Eucharist. Sure, right um, that this is where they they have this experience of their eyes being opened uh, with the encounter, and that the whole Emmaus story is in a sense like. A little, a little mass, right? Because they start off and they meet with Jesus, and then they they do the liturgy, the word, right? Because yep. they they study the scripture, and then they sit down, and then they prepare the bread and the wine, and then they they, they encounter kneel the, and they stand and they kneel and they stand. <laughs> and
0: all that stuff. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm, it's implied, right? <laughs> I'm sure in the in the in the Emmaus account. Um, but you know, then they then they get to the Eucharist, right? And then at the end of the Eucharist, there's you know what what's our final words that we say at the end of a mass, you know. Well, the English translation is is kind of garbage, but it's 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 go in peace, right? Like is what they they say. There's right. a slight, there's a variation that's a little bit better. That's like go uh, and announce the gospel through your life, which is which is better. The Latin is very punchy, where it just says go. You've been sent.
0: Misa est. <gasps> what is Ite it? misa est. Ite misa est. Right?
1: Ite misa est. Go. You've been sent. Right. Like like you've been filled up now with this. Um, so maybe just one last the. There was a poem, and I don't remember the poem, but it was some someone that just uh um I'd gone to school with had written, uh, but I remember the imagery of it, and it was this idea of like the heart that beats within you know the human body, right? And the blood, and 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 it comes uh into the heart, and then it gets punched, you know, pushed back out again to go to all of the different parts, mm. and that that's the mass that we come in hmm. and we come into the heart. And that, uh, from there, we're then, you know, sent out to go to the, all the different mystical parts of the mystical body of Christ. The hands and the feet and the eyes and the brain and everything else that's needed to be the mystical body of Christ, the continued risen Christ in the world. Um, and then, you know, at a certain point, we're going to need to come back and be refreshed. We're going to need to be come back and come back into the heart to be pushed back out again. Hmm. Um, there's this intense moment of, Eucharistic adoration of 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 the Mass of of receiving the Holy Communion that mm. becomes this 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 beating heart that happens you know daily weekly you know for us as Christians uh, so that we can go out and be the mystical body of Christ because um, because everything that is true of Jesus coming to us in the risen as the risen one uh, in alive should also be true of us yep. going out to the world
0: yep how can we be this resurrected jesus on the road to Emmaus to others i cannot wait to hear you engage this on our other podcast channel no. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear you uh, prayerfully reflect on this yes. for our community yes. because i think it's so it's so rich so uh thank you guys very much yeah. for yeah being here for this one and thank you for uh, listening um We'll be with you next week for our final episode uh, during Lent on the Being Church podcast. We love you, and we're praying for you. We hope you're having a happy uh, Holy Lent and go be church. Because is texting, so I'll I'll answer that
1: for Thank you. you. <laughs> God bless.